1015 FM, 720 AM. k the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the host. Here is Mark Hoke. All right, Las Vegas, another special Saturday night edition of the Mark Hoke Show. Of course, we will be on tomorrow with the full team, Andrew Fishfane and Joe DeFalco. Tomorrow in our usual slot at 8 a.m. Pacific time. So we would love to have you join us there as well. Here on 101.5 FM, 720 AM, K-Don, the talk of Las Vegas. Boy, what a week did we have in professional wrestling as, oh my God, folks, the Vince McMahon era may be over for good. This has been a week that the son-in-law and the daughter put a stamp on World Wrestling Entertainment, and it looks like they are not looking back. You bet. Triple H Hunter Hearst Helmsley, otherwise known as Paul Levesque, who, of course, married Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie is now the excuse me, CEO. Wow, can't even say it. CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment. And her husband, the former Triple H, is in charge of creative. So that means he is making all the decisions on what you see on your TV and at your pay-per-view events. Excuse me, premium live events and so on. And he is also in charge of talent relations. Well, apparently he's been, uh, shall we say, rekindling some relationships, to say the least. If you haven't followed what had been going on in WWE in the past uh, year and a half or so, Triple H was running the developmental show NXT and was, of course, had the heart issues where he had to have a I believe a defibrillator put in, so he's he's kind of hanging in there right now, a pacemaker. But Trips was ousted from creative control of NXT, and Vince took it over. Triple H had a philosophy that he was going to bring in not only talent that WWE discovered, but also use a lot of wrestlers from the independent circuit, so independent promotions across the world, really. And he would bring them in to mix with these young rookie wrestlers in the NXT show. And it was very popular. Uh, You had some terrific champions go up to the main roster and do well. Things seemed to be going okay, but Vince decided that he wanted to make a kind of an all-rookie league. Believing that he didn't want to bring in wrestlers that had bad habits. At least what he deemed as bad habits. And have to retrain them. He wanted to retrain everybody all on their own. And essentially said, we can take any athlete or celebrity or so on that physically can do the job. And we're going to bring them in and make them our next WWE superstars. So a lot of 
performers from World Wrestling Entertainment were released. And I mean a lot. Literally over 100 plus were sent packing over the past two years by Vince McMahon. A lot of it was deemed for budget cuts. Some on the main roster, some on NXT. He just cleared house. Well, now that Vince is gone, and a lot of those people that got punted were Triple H's gang. He had made them stars on NXT, and then as time went by, when they went up to the main roster, a lot of them got buried at that point. And somehow, you know, we we wondered what the reaction would be with Stephanie and Triple H being put in charge and how they would handle some of the NXT talent and maybe some of the people that have been released. Of course, the biggest controversy recently was when Sasha Banks and Naomi were released from WWE. They had complained on one night on Monday Night Raw. They were the women's tag team champions. Came in and said, hey, we don't want to do what you're going to be telling us to do tonight. They wanted to have them wrestle in singles matches and each challenge the two women's champions on Raw and SmackDown respectively. They said, no, we're trying to build this tag team division up. We don't want to do that. Don't Please don't screw it up. Vince said, nope, you're doing what we say. John Laurinaitis, who at the time was the head of talent relations, maybe not so nicely said, that's what you're going to do. And they said, nope, we're out. Put the belts on Laurinaitis' desk and walked out the door. And that (laughs) did not sit well with quite a few people. Obviously, two of WWE's top female performers were out the door, along with so many others. And then all the scandals happened with Vince, with all these uh, settlements and money they were finding that was paid out to different women for Vince's dalliances, shall we say. And now he's gone. And everybody was wondering, well, you know, maybe maybe Stephanie and Vince aren't gonna, or Triple H aren't going to change much. You know, we're just going to keep going along at the same people, the same pace, same style. No. No, no, and no is appearing to be the emphatic answer to that question. And if you weren't sure after last week when we got to see Drew McIntyre and Sheamus wrestle on SmackDown for about 30 minutes and absolutely tear each other apart, which has not been a typical WWE style. That's more of a style you would see in all elite wrestling. If that wasn't enough, first, let's go to Monday Night Raw, shall we? Of course, at SummerSlam, Bad Bad Bailey came back, and she had Dakota Kai, who had just been released by Vince, and Io Shirai, who is now known as Io Sky, as her new stable mates. And Shirai had been the NXT Women's Champion for a very long time. And she had been ignored and was getting ready to leave. Well, now all of a sudden, the three of them pop up at SummerSlam and are looking to make waste of the women's division on Monday Night Raw. And they have... They have already been messing with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair 
and it has been something else. Uh, Sky got a had a match that went a no contest with Bianca Belair. Pretty good match, but some other interesting things happened on Monday Night Raw. The formerly known as Tomasa Ciampa, now just Ciampa, who had been made the lackey of the Miz, the former NXT two-time NXT champion, had suffered kind of a burial when he showed up too. But the shovel, <laughs> you know, Triple H was known as having a golden shovel. Well, he dug Ciampa out of the grave. And Ciampa won two matches on Monday Night Raw and is now going to be the number one contender for the United States Championship. And it was also kind of interesting that they ran a package on there, a video package with all the past United States champions. The U.S. Championship had been very prestigious in the NWA, and then when WCW had it unfolded, it eventually became part of WWE. But a lot of times Vince has taken those secondary titles, the United States Championship and the Intercontinental title, and kind of, yeah, not, you know, they're just kind of hanging around. Well, now, the formerly buried NXT champion will be challenging Bobby Lashley for the United States title. He wins a triple threat with Chad Gable and Dolph Ziggler and then knocks off the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. And all of a sudden, Tomasa Ciampa's in the mix. Huh. Okay. And everybody's kind of turning their heads a little bit like, what's going on here? What's going on? And then we get to SmackDown on Friday night. And then we see Shayna Baszler, the former MMA fighter, who when she was the NXT Women's Champion for a very long time before she got her main roster call-up. And for those that either remember, remember that she, when she came up, She was wrestling in an elimination chamber match where you have six different people inside this steel cage structure. And Shayna Baszler, when she was put into the match, destroyed everybody and won it and became the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. But then all of a sudden, Vince pulled the plug. So she went from being this dominant superstar in the ring to, yeah, she was just kind of around. She won the tag titles with Night Jax, doing goofy skits with Alexa Bliss. And everybody's like, well, there goes Shayna Baszler. <laughs> yeah, that kind of changed on Friday night, too. Where Shayna Baszler's friends with Ronda Rousey, who was the former WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. Baszler wins a six-way match, gauntlet match, to become the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And she is going to be taking on Liv Morgan, the current champion, at the WWE Premium Live event, Clash at the Castle. So now all of a sudden, Shayna Baszler, another Vince Burial, another friend of Triple H, is back in the ballgame in WWE. Huh. And everybody, you know, watching the show is like, okay, now this is getting interesting. So at the end of SmackDown on Friday night, the champ, Roman Reigns, is in the ring with the Usos. 
doing his thing, telling everybody how awesome he is. And Drew McIntyre, who will be challenging him at the Clash of the Castle pay-per-view, and that is coming up on September 3rd. Well, he McIntyre comes out. He's about ready to start challenging and saying some things to the Bloodline boys when all of a sudden the little music hits and a dark backdrop. And lo and behold, the former NXT champion and his now wife, or killer, or Karrion Cross, I should say, and his now wife, Scarlett, who had dominated NXT for a very long time, shows up and beats up Drew McIntyre and then essentially throws down a gauntlet in the form of the dreaded hourglass that they use to Roman Reigns. Now, for those that don't know the story about what happened when Karrion Cross was brought up to the main roster, this super tough guy who had been absolutely dominant in NXT in his first match on the raw on the on the Ross main roster loses in 2 minutes to a fading aging Jeff Hardy he is wearing a gladiator hat helmet and a gladiator outfit Vince decided he's going to make Mr. Cross a gladiator you're going to look great kid it bombs out and Cross is released and I have seen, as Killer Cross, this man perform live. And Scarlet. And I can tell you, a ridiculous mistake on the part of Vince McMahon. They had a hot commodity down there. And when they brought him up, that two minutes in the goofy costume destroyed him. I had said on especially on our Sunday show, which you'll hear at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 7.20 a.m., the talk of Las Vegas. That other than Sasha and Naomi, that the call should go out to Mr. Cross. Let's get him back in here. No reason that he was released. He should be in the mix. Scarlett should be in there. She is a... Not only very beautiful, but very talented. And she can wrestle, too. She's not just eye candy around the ring. And lo and behold, only a couple weeks into Triple H's reign, and whoop, their cross is. They also announced that the women's tag team titles, which had been vacant since the whole Sasha and Naomi incident, there will be a tournament to determine those as well. New champ, get new champs. So off we go. There has been some. There's been some other interesting developments too. Now you get Tomasa Ciampa taking on Bobby Lashley, which should be an incredibly physical match, and I think it's going to be a great series if they keep that rolling. But you know, we're not going to see your little buddy Austin Theory bouncing around, are we? We're going to see some wrestling in that match. And now another interesting decision. The guy who was also a former NXT champion and appeared to be on a trajectory to win the World Heavyweight Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura, the King of Strong Style, who they turned into the King of Goofball Style, 
is now back in action, back on top, and will be taking on Gunther, the former vaulter, for the Intercontinental title. And one of the match of the year candidates a couple years ago was Valter when he wrestled Ilyan Dragunov for the WWE's NXT UK title. They had an NXT group in the United Kingdom. One of the hardest hitting series of matches I've ever seen. And now all of a sudden, are we going to get to see Shinsuke Nakamura actually turn loose and get to be the king of strong style again and do it against one of the most physical wrestlers in the world in Gunther? Well, I wish they just let him change his name back to Valder. This has Triple H and Stephanie written all over it. If there was any question at this point that Vincent Kennedy McMahon is running things from far away, I think they have been completely squashed. And now the rumors are starting all over the place. Who else is Triple H going to bring back? I was on Twitter today, and of course Johnny Gargano, who was a former NXT champion and rivals with Ciampa, and they had an amazing series of matches over three years along with their tag team DIY Johnny's been out. Johnny's contract ran out a few months ago, and he's just been kind of sitting it out. But now we're hearing Johnny Gargano's name. We're starting to hear Bray Wyatt's name being brought up. The Fiend, who is a former WWE champion. This is getting very fascinating, to say the least. But it sure does look like that this um, this is a new day and a new era in world wrestling entertainment. And for the love of God, let's hope so. But just an amazing series of events already taking place in WWE as <laughs> just the all of the people that Triple H trained, built up, well, they got, let's just call it a pause, shall we say. <laughs> but they are back now. And they are ready to go. So Triple H putting his stamp on what's going on in world, wrestle, world wrestling entertainment as we speak. Now, the Clash of the Castle, uh, that pay-per-view coming up at the Principality Stadium, Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. That's the first time, by the way, they've been in the UK for a stadium event since the 1992 SummerSlam, which was, of course, legendary for the uh, Bret hart Davy Boy Smith match. Right now, just two matches on that card. Uh, Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. He has currently both championships, world championships in WWE, the Universal title and the WWE uh, World Heavyweight Championship. And then Liv Morgan defending against Shane Baszler. So we're just kind of getting warmed up to this. We've got about a month to go before this card takes place. And it is going to be fascinating to see how this card shapes up as opposed to what we've seen in recent months and years in WWE. Are we going to see a harder-hitting style? Are we going to see less goofiness? And it seems like they are already cutting that down a little bit. Um, another w, uh, NXT guy, Ricochet, who one of the great wrestlers uh, in the world before they brought him in and 
have kind of just haven't been able to be consistent with him. Got a big win on SmackDown. I mean, it is just a, an ongoing list of performers who Triple H believed in, but Vince didn't now making their comebacks. Fascinating stuff. And I would say if you are not a wrestling fan, between what's going on in WWE and what's going on in uh, AEW, start setting your DVRs because there is going to be some serious fireworks over the next few months as we see what WWE does, how AEW responds to it, Fascinating stuff. I mean, I for those that don't know, I've been a wrestling fan for since I was a kid. Probably about well, eight to ten years, about forty years. And I don't know if there is going to be a more exciting time to be a professional wrestling fan than it is right now. This is going to be something else. So turn on your TVs and check it out because it is going to be a lot of fun. I, and it's funny because I do know a lot of people. When I talked to them, they were fans of wrestling in the 90s, back in the peak when WWE had the the Attitude Era, all that crazy stuff going on. And, of course, when WCW was running as well with the New World Order and then WCW went under. People remember that. But once all that died down, they really got away from watching professional wrestling. And I'm telling you, folks, if you haven't seen it lately, I would tell you to tune in. It is going to be an exciting era in the squared circle. Of course, I'm Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us here on a special Saturday edition of the Mark Hoke Show. Of course, we will be on tomorrow here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM at of course, 8 AM Pacific time. So we'd love to have you tune in on your radio dials. And of course, all of you listening around the world, and I got to say, it is incredibly flattering just to see how many people are tuning in from every continent. We haven't got Antarctica yet, but everybody else is, has come in. It is absolutely amazing, and we really do appreciate it. It is uh, hu- uh, very humbling, and we want to thank you all for listening. Now, by the way, before we head to break, something i got to mention, we've got a, a new sponsor on the show, and actually you're going to get to hear from James uh, on his own show that he does on KDWN at 10 o'clock tonight. So just about an hour and a half away. But, folks, look, we all know the prices of everything's going up. Gas, groceries, inflation's out of control. It, things are just an absolute disaster out there right now for all of us. And, look, if you need to get some extra money in your pocket or maybe you want to break that 9 to 5 grind, I would highly recommend to check out Trading Made Easy. It's automated day trading. They have this amazing day trading software. Once you're trained on how to use it, and they'll they'll train you to do it, just click it on when you want. Keep an eye on things for a few minutes. Let it do its thing and watch the money roll in. It's pretty simple. People in nine different countries are forgetting about their financial woes because they're using Trading Made Easy's automated day trading software. If you want to get in on this, head on over to tradingmadeasy.com. It's so simple. They only need one E in there, tradingmadeasy.com, or give them a call at 800-971-4444. 
4160. That's 800 971 4160. And you can sign up for a free live trading session right now. All right. So either hop on the website or give them a call. Once again, that's tradingmadeasy.com or call 800 971 4160 and sign up for that free trading session. Hey, when we come back, there's other stuff going on. AEW is rolling right along as they get ready for All Out next month. And Ric Flair's final match took place this weekend. Plus so much more. So stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN, 101.5 FM, 720 AM. Stick around. Hi, this is Mark Hoke. Has out-of-control inflation, gas prices, and grocery costs wrecked your wallet? Then check into automated day trading with Trading Made Easy. Trading Made Easy has spent five years helping people put cash in their pockets with their simple-to-use day trading software. So if you're ready to leave that 9-to-5 job behind, visit TradingMadEasy.com or call 800-971-4160 to sign up for a free live training seminar right now. That's TradingMadEasy.com. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show. And download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening. 1015 FM, 720 AM. KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas. The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. That's right, baby. From Nevada to Newfoundland to the Norrbotten province of Sweden. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. I'm Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us on KDWN 1015 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas, the best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. And we appreciate you coming along for the ride with us on Saturday night here on KDWN. Let's, uh, before we get into some really more AEW news and what happened with Ric Flair, Kids, if you like flame towers in your mayor's office, well, you're still in luck. As, of course, our good buddy Glenn Jacobs, otherwise known as Kane, the WWE Hall of Famer. Congratulations to him as he has been reelected for a second term as mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Mr. Jacobs, otherwise known as Kane, the Republican, defeated the Democratic nominee, Debbie Helsley. And uh, Jacobs tweeted out, Thank you, Knox County, for electing me to serve a second term as your mayor. I am so grateful for the support you have shown me and my family throughout my campaign for re-election and will continue to do all I can to serve you to the best of my ability. So we keep a brother of destruction in the mayor's house in Knox County, Tennessee. Congratulations to Glenn Jacobs. All right. Now, I decide we're going to go to this first before we get into everything that happened with All Elite Wrestling this week. 
Because on Sunday, the Nature Boy strutted into the ring for the final time. And you may be saying to yourself, if you have followed wrestling at all or pop culture, Woo! Rick's old. In fact, Rick was 73 years old on Sunday when he set foot into the ring this weekend in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Promoted by his son-in-law and podcaster Conrad Thompson. You may have seen him on some of the WWE specials. Rick decided to do one more match. And in all candor, the card itself was pretty good. Now we had, a, had a, people from a ton of different promotions uh, coming in to do this event. But, of course, all eyes were on Ric Flair as he set foot in the ring in a tag team match where he was teaming with his new son-in-law, Andrade Alidolo, to take on J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Jeff Jarrett. And former Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Lethal. Promoted, of course, under the name of Jim Crockett Promotions, which was the main promotion for the NWA before it morphed into WCW. And I hate to say it, unfortunately, it was um, it was a little awkward. I think a lot of pundits are saying generally the same thing, that this was kind of tough to watch. Rick had done some training videos uh, with Jay Lethal and and looked pretty pretty solid. Um, Certainly not his 1988 self, but it was, well, he came down the aisle and apparently the rumor was that he'd hurt his foot in training, so he wasn't 100% coming into this match. And it's kind of scary to see Rick get into the ring. I want you at home to picture this. You have a father or a grandparent that decides they want to do a super physical activity that almost died from kidney failure in 2017 and had a pacemaker put into his heart after he went through four surgeries in about two months in 2018. A ton of people on hand uh, from Undertaker and so many others showed up to see this match. Uh, It was a a big weekend built around this this event. But unfortunately, Rick's body just betrayed him. And if you, there are highlights on YouTube, the matches on YouTube as well. And Jeff Jarrett had to do a lot of stalling in this match to kind of keep things going and give Rick a chance to hang in there. Andrade did a pretty good job, but of course he's kind of restricted because you don't want to overshadow Rick in this match. But by the time this was over, Rick decided he had to bleed, had to get those beautiful blonde locks going crimson red one more time. And unfortunately, by the end, he was pretty much lying on the ground in the in the ring. 
Um, he did a spot in this match where he was outside the ring and faked that his heart was given out before he did a little eye poke, doing his little dirtiest player in the game thing, but not sure if that was too funny. But by the end, Rick was shaking badly. The finish at this match was that Rick was going to put Jeff Jarrett in his signature move, the figure four leg lock, and Jarrett was going to submit, and that was it. Um, Rick was going to hit him with a pair of brass knuckles and put him out, and they gave Rick. Rick tried to put the knuckles on. He couldn't do it. They had to put the brass knuckles on his opposite hand, and when he did the punch, Jarrett, of course, lays down the map, but Rick collapsed right back down. So he has him in the figure four leg lock. They count three with Jarrett's shoulders down the mat. Unfortunately, Rick's were down too. So it could have been a technically been a double pin, but I don't think anybody was going to go for that at that point. But the Nature Boy does win his final match. But I'm just going to say this. And for wrestling historians, Luthez, who was a legendary NWA champion, kind of pulled the same thing. Did a match in his 70s. And it didn't go that much better. It's nice that everybody got to say goodbye to Rick, but boy, it sure would have been better if he'd have stuck with the match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania when they had the retirement match. Because it is it was an absolutely perfect ending, and then Rick decided to come back in the TNA promotion and wrestle some matches there and didn't look great, and now did this. And while everybody showed their reverence to Rick, folks... If you ever have a friend that's a 73-year-old wrestler, just tell him no. Just don't do it. Rick has really struggled over the years not living as the nature boy. And he just can't be Richard Flair. And it's it's kind of rough to see. And, you know, I, I tell you to go watch the match for yourself. But hopefully... Rick will be satisfied with this and it's over. But really, you know, we saw Vince McMahon get in the ring again at the last WrestleMania and he's in, you know, 76 and didn't look that great either. Probably better than what Rick did. I'll I'll have to say that, but we we cannot do this anymore. Nostalgia's nice. Money's great, but I don't want to remember Ric Flair like that. I want to remember Ric Flair styling and profiling, being on TV and telling all the women to show up at the JW Marriott with that NWA 10 pounds of gold in his hands. That's the Ric Flair that I want to remember. So kudos to Rick. Congratulations to everybody having a, a great night in Nashville. But can we please not do that again? If you don't mind. I'm Mark Hoke. Thanks for being with us here on The Mark Hoke Show. We're on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas, number one pro wrestling show in the city and eh, maybe the universe. We're working on it. And, of course, don't forget, once again, tomorrow we will be on with Andrew Fish Fane and Joe DeFalco, my normal cohorts at 11, P, excuse me, 11 a.m. Eastern 8 a.m. Pacific time, once again, here on KDWM. So, hey, let's uh, pep it up a little bit. Let's head on over to All Elite Wrestling, who now has to respond to what is going on in WWE. Of course, AEW became the alternate 
to WWE, much more wrestling-oriented. Kind of, if you remember the old NWA days, head on back there, because this is what you get with All Elite Wrestling right now. What happened in All Elite Wrestling this week? Well, let's run it down for you here real quick. Uh, major goings-on, we had Orange Cassidy on Dynamite with the Wednesday night show. Loses to Jay Lethal. So Lethal moved on to a Ring of Honor title match. Of course, Ring of Honor, that promotion was purchased by All Elite Wrestling, so it's now under there, and they just did a pay-per-view, and they're looking to try and get a TV contract to do a separate Ring of Honor show, but Lethal knocks off Cassidy. The Undisputed Elite, of course, this is the Young Bucks, the two of the executive vice presidents of All Elite Wrestling, Adam Cole and Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, had a reunion, and it didn't go so well as everyone turned on the Young Bucks, but then Hangman Adam Page came out to help the Bucks. And, of course, this is leading into AEW's new Trios Championship, so they will have a six-man tag team title coming up, and that's going to be determined uh, through a tournament, and the final will be at All Out on September 4th from Chicago. Um, interesting tag match. Uh, the Speaking of the ladies, getting a little extra love. Uh, the team of Thunderstorm, the AEW Women's Champion Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, took on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the former champion, and Jamie Hayter, and Jamie Hayter got the pinfall on Tony Storm. And Hayter has been kind of off to the side a little bit as the sidekick. Well, sidekick or no more as she ends up uh, heading to a championship match for herself as well. Um, and we had Powerhouse Hobbs beating up Ricky Starks again. That was kind of fun. Christian Cage and his new heel persona looking pretty good. Knocks off Matt Hardy. We had a dumpster match. Of course, there was a legendary dumpster match between the New Age Outlaws and Chainsaw Charlie, otherwise known as Terry Funk and Mick Foley Mankind. He was Cactus Jack in that one. Had to get throw your opponents into a dumpster and close it up. Well, the Acclaim took on the Gun Club, and the Acclaim took care of that. So these two youngsters, Anthony Bones and Max Caster, looking pretty good. And then Chris Jericho knocks off Wheeler Yuta. Jericho had put his championship match against John AEW interim champion John Moxley on the line, and Jericho manages to win the match. Then we headed over to uh, AEW Rampage, the Friday night show. Moxley taking on the newcomer Mance Warner. He's been on the Major League Wrestling show, another smaller promotion, but they are on TV here and there. Mox takes him out. Ryan Nemeth, the brother of Dolph Ziggler, takes on Konsuke Takashita. Takashita wins. And Takashita's been getting over since he's been making a little extra trip over here from Japan. Uh, Madison Rain, a former knockouts champion in Impact, just signed on as a head coach for the ladies. She beats Layla Gray, so she makes her TV debut as well as working with the ladies in AEW. And then Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, two guys that got away from WWE. Knock off Tony Nese, another WWE cast-off. And Josh Woods in a street fight match. So a pretty wild 
couple of nights on AEW Dynamite as well. As we are starting to get the lead up headed into All Out, which is kind of where it all started for AEW. They will be back in Chicago on September 4th. So this is going to be a great Labor Day weekend. We've seen these this happen a lot lately where we've had a couple major pay-per-views showing up on the same weekend from AEW and WWE. The Labor Day weekend should be another spectacular one. So those of you out in Chicago, lucky you, because that's going to be a great time. Uh, but some other fun stuff happening in AEW. Promoting a few people up to help out with talent relations. There was a complaint going around that... Tony Khan and was just and Christopher Daniels, who was the head of talent relations for AEW, just weren't communicating well. So they kicked up a few people to help out. That probably in response to Triple H taking over as the head of talent relations in WWE. So AEW is going to do everything they can to keep their talent happy as they head into maybe a new era of competition with all elite wrestling. One guy who we may not be seeing in Chicago, by the way, the AEW World Champion. Of course, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose in WWE, is the interim champion because CM Punk, when he won the title here in Las Vegas at Double or Nothing, hurt his foot, and he has been out since then. It was about a, happened the week after he won the title, or the, that, that week, and he has... Still out, and apparently reports are coming out. He is nowhere near ready to go. And, of course, his hometown is in Chicago. Would have been a very hot crowd for him. But it looks like we will not be seeing CM Punk at All Out, uh, according to Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer. Reported that Punk was hurting pretty bad as of two weeks ago, and they're going to hold off until the full full gear pay-per-view in November. So, unfortunately, it looks like we will not see whoever the AEW interim champion is. Could be Mox against CM Punk at All Out. So, those plans are going to be on hold for a little while. Another guy on hold, we heard a little bit. We've been waiting for MJF ever since the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. We have not seen from the young phenom. Heard from him, I should say, especially heard from him. But he, of course, had a dispute and didn't do the uh, AW Fan Fest. And there was, he was talking about leaving the leaving Las Vegas that night and decided to stay and wrestled his match against Wardlow, got destroyed. And he has been then cut a promo later that week and he has not been heard from since. So there, no one is really sure what he's been doing. Uh, there, are some reports he's been doing some on-screen, non-related wrestling meetings and maybe also working with Impractical Jokers, the TV show. So a lot of people not sure if he's going to stay with the company, what's going on. He is still under contract for another year plus, but probably the top heel or bad guy in all elite wrestling still on the sidelines and we don't know when he's coming back. I'm hoping soon. MJF is awesome. We miss him a lot, and hopefully everything's going to get straightened out or they've just got a pretty cool plan for him, and we're going to see him fairly soon. Speaking of seeing AEW, 
they are apparently having a little bit of concerns about what's going on in their TV shows. Of course, they are on TNT and TBS, but Warner Brothers Discovery has apparently been in the mood to cut their budgets. And right now, there is concern that the budget for all elite wrestling shows could be cut at the end of 20, their contract runs through the end of 2023, but worries that AEW may not be seeing the revenue that they were seeing. Because right now they are budgeted uh, between 400,000 and 500,000 an hour, according to wrestling observer. But right now they are, there is a possibility that the cost cutting could hurt them and they may be on the lookout for a new television network. Um, with the NBA being on TNT and TBS, if Warner Brothers and, Ty- and Discovery are looking at cutting costs, that is not a cost they want to cut. But the interesting part is, is that AEW Dynamite is consistently one of the top shows on cable and is usually the first first or second in the ratings on Wednesday night on all of cable television. So this could get pretty hairy as AEW may be looking to try to either you know squeeze some more money out of this and if they can't get it, move on from TNT and TBS. But boy, I wouldn't know. You know, you're on probably the best cable networks you're gonna be on. I don't know if Leaving would be a good move, but if you can get the revenue, I guess you got to do it. You know, we've seen WWE move around a little bit too. They've been on USA, Sci-Fi, uh, and other ch- other uh, channels on cable. So who knows what's going to happen? But a pretty interesting development there that there is a concern that AEW may be eh, having to take a pay cut, and will they be willing to do it? All right, so that's what's going on right now in all elite wrestling. And just want to mention here, too, uh, real quick, a little extra WWE news item. And this is pretty interesting because for those that don't know, there are a bunch of words that Vince McMahon didn't like people saying. Like belt. Belt something to hold your pants up. We don't need that. You know, and one that is has always kind of perplexed everybody is you can't say wrestling or wrestler. There's a whole list of words out there, and if you go and Google that, you can take a look. But, of course, with Triple H taking over and everybody was just under Vince McMahon's thumb all the time, certain words you couldn't say, things you couldn't do. Uh, Michael Cole and the announcing team always had Vince in their ear. Uh essentially telling him, telling their announcers what to say while they were calling matches. It was pretty difficult, but they always, Vince always insisted on calling his performers WWE superstars. He just said in an interview with Pat McAfee, anybody can be a professional wrestler, but not everybody can be a WWE superstar. Well, apparently, the words wrestling and wrestler are no longer considered dirty words. Of course, Vince always insisted on superstar and sports entertainment. But now it is pretty interesting that all these crazy words that 
they couldn't say in WWE, they may be free to do so. Oh, boy, look at that. Things are changing back there, and it is becoming a very interesting landscape in in world wrestling entertainment and in the world of pro wrestling. Got to tell you guys, it is a great thing to see. And, of course, uh, I'm Mark Oak. want to thank you for joining me here on the Mark Oak Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. And just want to take a minute to remind all of you, hey, we greatly appreciate you checking us out on social media. Twitter is at Mark Hoke Show. Facebook page is The Mark Hoke Show. And MarkHokeShow.com. And we also, of course, have our podcasts, and they are all over the place. The main site is MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com, where you can take a look at all of our shows. We've just cleared our one-year anniversary, but we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, uh, Amazon, uh, TuneIn, iHeart, Player FM, Listen Notes, Samsung, Podchaser. We are all over the place, and we certainly do appreciate everybody from around the world that has been downloading those podcasts. It is greatly appreciated. We all love you for it. It's just awesome that you're listening to the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN. Guys, we're going to be back tomorrow on KDWN. Once again, join us at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. Pacific. Joe DeFalco and in, uh, Andrew Fish Fane, the usual crew will be with us. Stick around. Hey, we've got the Trojan Football Report with Harvey Hyde coming up here next on KDWN, then Trading Made Easy at 10 o'clock. We would love to have you stick around for all our great programming on KDWN. Gang, we'll see you tomorrow on the Mark Hope Show. Have a great night, Las Vegas.